politicians are elected by us to pass laws that not only legislate the way that we do things and we live, and sometimes it's regulation or taxation, but sometimes it's things that actually can not just improve our lives, but can perhaps save our lives. And you think that something as easy as this one, folks, would be an easy, rapid, bipartisan agreement, right? You'd think Congress could actually agree on something they have in the past, and with this one you think, oh my God, this is a no-brainer. I'm talking about money to fight the Zika virus. But no, not this Congress, not the Congress that has the lowest approval rating of perhaps any Congress since Adam and Eve, or at least in this country, not this Congress that doesn't want to do anything. And by the way, this is a Congress that has a Republican majority in both the House and the Senate. Remember that when you go to the polls uh, to go to vote in November, please. Okay. so when people say, oh, well, it's a house divided, it's not. Both chambers are Republican rule. And this Congress went on their merry way for their Memorial Day break. And before they did, they had the opportunity to approve funding to fight a virus that's mosquito-borne. And when are mosquitoes more common here and throughout the world? But in the United States, especially in the southeast and and, and, and the, the eastern border, I say that because California, although... We have more bloody mosquitoes this year than I've ever seen in my living here 16 years. What do you think? What Summer is what? Bug time. Mosquito time. When are we more likely to be stung by a mosquito carrying the Zika virus? Now. Not in December before Christmas. When is the highest rate of bir- babies birthed? Now. Who is at risk? Pregnant women. They're unborn fetuses. But all these pro-life Republicans broke from Memorial Day weekend without approving funding to fight this mosquito-borne virus when the months most critical where mosquitoes are around more because there's more humidity and we are outside around lakes and rivers. And so we're much higher risk in good weather than when we're inside and when it's cold and mosquitoes travel, you know, more so when it's warm and certainly around bodies of water where many of us, when it's hot, find ourselves. We're going to hear right now from the CDC director, Tom Frieden, on the Zika virus. Take a listen. We have literally been learning more every day about Zika, but there's still a lot we don't know. And the bottom line is very clear. We need to do everything in our power to protect pregnant women so that we reduce the number of infants born with birth defects. It's now proven, and it's the first time it's ever happened, this is unprecedented, that a mosquito bite can cause a terrible birth defect. That's what Zika does. It's a horrific situation where the virus uh, infects the mosquito, the mosquito, mosquito infects the pregnant woman, and the virus then enters the pregnant woman's bloodstream and hones in a target on the infant's developing brain and destroys the brain cells, or thousands. This is really unusual. The big picture is that in the end, Congress did the right thing on Ebola, and I hope that in the end they will do the right thing on Zika. But we don't have a lot of time. The window of opportunity is closing, and there are two issues that have to be resolved. First, we have to pay back the emergency money that we borrowed to deal with Zika. And we took money from emergency preparedness grants to states around the U.S., not because that's unimportant money, but because that was 
about the only money we had. It wasn't the goodwill gesture. It was the only place we could go for money. So it was a, a way of uh, getting started. And quite frankly, uh, when some of the planning was going on in the supplemental request, I asked at one meeting, how long is this going to take? Because, you know, we, we need the money quickly. And I was told, oh, it'll be very quick, probably, you know, maybe three months. And my jaw literally dropped. It's like three months is an eternity when it comes to stopping an outbreak. So we reprogrammed money. That money needs to go back to what it was meant for by Congress initially. The second problem is we have to start the work now that will take many years. That includes work to understand what the impacts are on women and children, work to better stop mosquitoes because we don't have great tools. If we use our existing mosquito control tools better together, we think we can do a lot and we need new ones, and better ways to diagnose the infection and ultimately a vaccine. All of those things are going to take time. The sooner we start, the faster we go, the sooner we'll get a solution. You know, one of the things, and you've got to take away from this, you're hearing a warning that speed is critical. A day, a week, a month can make all of the difference. 78% of Americans disapprove of the way Congress handles its job. Big surprise? The Senate made the urgent public health request part of a huge transportation spending measure with a change long sought by the trucking industry that would weaken truck driver test rules. So House Republicans, they're linking Zika funding to a measure easing the rules on pesticide spraying. What? Neither body is willing to approve the full amount scientists and public health experts say is needed. The Senate would provide two-thirds of the administration's $1.9 billion request, just one-third. Zika has shot to worldwide attention now. The disease is spreading explosively in South America. It's hit Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories. There are more than 930 cases that have been reported. As of last week, in the continental U.S., 591 cases, most acquired through travel and a few sexually transmitted. Now, most people with the virus won't even know it. And that is a terrible danger. A fetus infected with the Zika virus in the first trimester has up to a 13% risk of developing devastating birth defects. As warmer weather makes mosquitoes more active here in the U.S., there are more people in danger. Like I said, duh, more of us are going to be outside longer and around bodies of water where mosquitoes love to congregate. And what does Congress do? They dawdle. The amount the House approved? $622 million. That would raid programs meant to battle the Ebola outbreak, even though continued U.S. spending is needed to produce things like a vaccine, prepare regional centers to respond, and keep this deadly infection at bay in poor, vulnerable African countries. Congress' propensity to rush from crisis to crisis and its inconsistent spending on public health make new, each new disease an emergency. Here's an example, okay? Spending for local surveillance of mosquito-borne illnesses such as the West Nile virus. It was slashed 60% from 2004 to 2012. And now Zika has put pressure on overburdened localities. In other words, if they hadn't been cheap in the first place, we would not need as much money for Zika now. Okay? Again, you know, do something right or don't do it at all. My husband always say, says you can pay now or you can pay later. You're going to pay later bigger and more catastrophically if you don't address things that need to be done for prevention now. Now, I'm not saying West Nile and, you know, if we address that properly with the funding, that there would be no Zika. But 
the facilities and the localities would not be overburdened and we would have the extra funding available for vaccines and other things that are needed for the preparedness that regional centers need to respond to this virus, which could be, uh, certainly I hope not, um, catastrophic going forward. We right now have a man in the United States who was hospitalized, who they're not releasing the name of, who has a virus they cannot kill. Do you know you know this, Marky Mark, Andrew? Are you aware of this? Have you heard about this? And this is, this yeah, this is not National Inquiring Minds Want to Know. Uh, and believe me, after almost dying from a parasite that I had uh, a few years ago, uh, I'm, I'm up on this stuff. We have too many antibiotics that we take. We get scripts too easily and pop pills too easily. I don't feel good. I want a Z-pack. I, do, I used to do it all the time. And then when you add to that, even those of us who aren't getting, you know, easy Z-pack scripts and popping pills like there's no tomorrow, we have antibiotics in our food, in our meat, our chicken, our beef. Antibiotics are being used in farm-raised fish, hence the wild-caught movement, which my husband and now I am a part of. But going back to Zika, the Senate's bipartisan compromise on $1.1 billion, not taken from Ebola, that would be a start, but only if Congress could actually approve the money. Instead, both chambers refused to vote on Zika funding by itself. So they forced it to hitch a ride on a huge spending measure that contains controversial issues. And you know, whenever you have a huge spending measure with controversial issues, what happens? It doesn't get passed. Uh, cynically, House Republicans revived a 2011 measure that would allow more pesticide spraying near certain bodies of water. The Reducing Regulatory Burdens Act, renamed and passed as the Zika Vector Control Act. But by the way, that doesn't control necessarily. And what do the pesticides do to us and those unborn babies? Perhaps more spraying is a piece of the puzzle, but if you listen to experts... Umar Shah is the head of Harris County, Texas, Public Health and Environmental Services. He said, quote, we cannot spray our way out of this. Trapping and testing mosquitoes to find those carrying Zika, eliminating the breeding grounds and educating the public are keys to control. And by the way, what about the people that already have it, especially those pregnant women or pregnant women? You know, how many of you have done? I've done this. I've bathed and off and still got bitten. I am a mosquito magnet. Some people, they say, with certain blood types and mosquito magnets, I don't know, I used to think I had B12 blood my whole life. It turns out, I mean, not B12, excuse me, B positive. I'm AB positive, okay? So I don't know. Do people with AB positive blood get a bit more? And the president blasted Congress, rightly so, over the Zika funding, or lack thereof. He said, quote, all of this work costs money, and that's a reality, folks. You get what you pay for. And we need to protect. But you know what blows my mind is the hypocrisy. You have this pro-life party who cares about the fetus much more than they do the born child. 13% of these children, these children are at a 13% um, increase uh, to, to, to have a birth defect when born if exposed to this virus. We're not a third world country, which could kill them. We're not a third world country. We have a responsibility to these children, to the unborn, that the Republicans fight so hard to be born. Are they fighting so hard for them to be born and really don't care if they're born with birth defects when they have the power to control with their vote this virus with the stroke of a pen? And the stroke of a pen writes the presidential signature on that legislation. And then another signature 
on a check. Congress needs to get the president a bill. That's what he said. So let's talk about this. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. You'd think if there's one thing Congress could reach rapid bipartisan agreement on, it's money to fight Zika, but not this Congress. Are they tempting fate with the health of unborn babies? Something they claim to care deeply about. The fetus, the fetus. We love Jesus. We love the fetus. But we got to go on vacation. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join me. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543. Now, you heard CDC Director Thomas Frieden warn that speed is critical. A day, a week, a month can make all of the difference. Will Congress come through with the necessary funds or will they play politics as usual? 8886 Leslie. Neither the Republican-controlled House or Senate are willing to approve the full amount that scientists and public health experts say is needed. Is it any wonder that 78% of Americans disapprove of the way Congress handles its job? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now, Congress rushes from crisis to crisis, but always after the fact, if you notice. It's inconsistent with its spending on public health. And what happens? New, each new disease that comes about, like Zika, is now an emergency. For example... Spending for local surveillance of mosquito-borne illnesses such as the West Nile virus, it was slashed 60% from 2004 to 2012. Maybe if they hadn't done the slashing, we wouldn't have overburdened localities now that Zika puts more pressure on them. Are you sick of Congress governing from crisis to crisis instead of planning ahead and planning now for prevention later? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. I can't stand this after-the-fact knee-jerk reaction. Right? Oh, let's wait until planes go into buildings on 9-11 to make our airports more secure. Right? It's sort of like, hey, somebody has a bomb in the shoe. Take the shoe off. And when the underwear bomber was out, I thought, what the hell's next? Both the House and the Senate refused to vote on Zika funding by itself and attached it to huge spending measures containing controversial issues. Is it time for Congress to vote on Zika funding by itself? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. The Senate provide, would provide two-thirds of the requested amount of $1.9 billion, and the House just one-third. Shouldn't the full amounts of funds requested by scientists and public health officials be granted? This is not about Obama. This is about unborn babies. Why or why not? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And couldn't this funding be as useful as the funding that helped to thwart Ebola? 888-6-LESLIE. Now, warmer weather is making mosquitoes more active here in the U.S., so more people are in danger. Congress dawdles. Are you concerned for the well-being of your family or someone you know who is pregnant? Maybe you're pregnant. And by the way, DEET, not good to put on children, not good to put on a pregnant woman. DEET, they say DEET can protect you from these mosquitoes. Yeah, Google what DEET can do to you and to the unborn baby if you're pregnant. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And lastly, most people with the virus won't even know it. That's a terrible danger in itself. Like I mentioned, a fetus infected with the Zika virus in the first trimester has up to a 13% risk of developing devastating birth defects. If Congress does not act on the funding request, can we conclude they really don't care about the American people? And oh, quite frankly, they really don't care about that unborn fetus either, unless it's an election year and they're running and they want to talk about how much they are pro-life and love that fetus. Well, if they did and do... Why won't they have this standalone, give the full amount of money, and act on the funding request before them? We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Speaking of back, 
Uh, we reached out to Dr. Isaac Bogosh. Dr. Bogosh is a tropical infectious di- Bogosh. Sorry, Dr. Isaac Bogosh. We had a great uh, conversation off the air as well uh, uh, back when he was on the show before. He's a tropical infectious disease specialist at the Toronto General Hospital University Health Network. He's the lead author on a paper in the Lancet that evaluates regions in the Americas with the potential for Zika virus transmission. More than a pleasure to have Dr. Bogosh with us. Uh, Dr. Bogosh, thank you for joining us. Welcome back, sir. I'm glad to have you with us. I remember fondly our conversation privately as well as uh, on the air. Thanks for having me back. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, are you surprised, uh, being a Canadian, looking to your neighbor, we, the America, uh, the United States of America in the South, um, that politicians are not providing the amount of funding necessary to come up with a vaccine, do the proper research, uh, prop, and, and proper you know, precautionary and preventative measures with regard um, to this virus and the mosquitoes that transmit it? So, you know, it's a, that's a tough question, and we know that the mosquitoes that can transmit this virus are present in the United States. We know they're, they're present in, the, in the, more of the southern parts of the United States and, you know, areas like Florida and southern Florida and parts of southern Texas and parts of California might be at risk. Um, and, and, of course, we know that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, a major, major win here would be if we could develop a vaccine. And, and you know, the wheels are in motion, and there are, uh, there is a this is there's a heavy push right now to get a vaccine developed, but of course that takes time. It also takes logistics as well to get uh, people screen mosquito populations, spray for mosquitoes, uh, and really do appropriate mosquito control efforts. And I know these things are in high gear in the southern United States and in areas that are at risk. Um, but like you said, you know, I think this is. Uh, this is a, a major priority uh, because we know that in the warmer summer months, uh, these are there are areas that are certainly at risk. Now, I think we should also caution the uh, the uh, listeners that there have been no cases of mosquito transmitted Zika virus in the United States yet, but there certainly is the potential for this to happen uh, in the warmer summer months when there's more mosquitoes around. So, certainly, uh, uh, public health authorities and physicians are going to be on the lookout for that. Um, okay, we have, I, I think, and, and, you know, the press can get it wrong, um, but we have USA Today um, said that there were 591 cases in the continental United States. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the cases that are coming to the United States are uh, from a couple of different mechanisms. One, people have traveled to other countries that have Zika virus circulating, and they pick up the virus. They got bit by a mosquito there. And then they travel back to the United States. They might be sick. Most people actually don't get sick. About 80% of people won't even have symptoms. Uh, uh, but some people might be unwell or might just be nervous because maybe they want to have a, a baby and they want to get tested to see if they have, have this infection. And there's been uh, uh, several hundred cases that have been imported to the United States, not locally acquired in the United States. Now, having said that, there is a caveat. There have been a few cases acquired locally in the United States, but those are not from the bites of mosquitoes. Those are sexually transmitted cases. So, for example, someone can return from a Zika virus-affected country. They're back now in the United States. They have Zika virus. And, you know, like I said, most people will have a very mild illness, if any, uh, but there is the potential to transmit this virus sexually to to their uh, to their partner. So there have been cases of people who have not left the United States 
who got Zika virus from uh, sexual transmission from a partner. But to date, to date, there have been no mosquito-transmitted cases in the United States. Okay. That makes sense then. Tra- yeah, some people understand. Um, let's talk about, yeah. um, you know, warnings, how long this has been around. The World Health Organization has actually warned that the Zika virus is spreading explosively uh, in the Americas, uh, that as many as 4 million people could be infected by uh, year's end. And there's yeah. a, uh, so, so let's talk about, is, we're not at a crisis state, but if we don't do more to prevent it like a vaccine, perhaps, could we get to yeah. that state? Yeah, I mean, certainly. It really is, uh, you know, one of these situations where it's almost like a perfect storm. So we've got several factors that are at play that are really contributing to the rapid spread of this infection. Uh, First and foremost, you know, the virus is introduced to the Americas. And in the Americas, we haven't seen this virus before. So there's no one with immunity to this virus. People here haven't had any exposure to it. Uh, so, so we've got a perfect uh, setup with a population uh, that, that has never seen the virus before. No one has an immune system that's primed to fight against the virus. Uh, so right off the bat, that's a strike against us. The other, the other thing that's happening in the Americas is that we've got large geographic areas. And, you know, many, many countries and many parts of many countries have the right types of mosquitoes present that can transmit this virus and the right temperature, the right climate that's uh, suitable for this virus to be transmitted. So we really need several factors at play that uh, that can enable this virus to be transmitted. And there's large parts of the Americas, you know, Central America, South America, parts of southern United States, parts of the Caribbean, that are all sort of coexisting that can enable this virus to be transmitted. And certainly, you know, Kel Surprise, we've seen this. This is happening. I mean, there, there's been a ton of cases in Brazil. There's been a lot of cases in, for example, uh, Panama and Colombia. We've seen it in, uh, in protectorates of the United States. So Puerto Rico has uh, quite a few cases as well. Uh, so, you know, we are seeing this spread through areas where we could, would completely anticipate it spreading to. Now, here's another interesting thing. You know, there's, there's uh, a lot of virus, a lot of the Zika virus circulating in sort of tropical and, and subtropical parts of the Americas. Um, you know, what would happen uh, in the northern hemisphere in the summer months? So one of the concerns now is, uh, could this virus, for example, be introduced to Europe? So summer months are approaching Europe. There's higher temperatures in Europe. Uh, parts of Europe, not all of Europe, but parts of Europe have uh, the appropriate mosquitoes that can transmit this infection. And, uh, and that, that's a concern as well, not just, in, uh, not just in the United States, but also in uh, areas that aren't, we wouldn't normally think that would be at risk for something like this, might actually be at risk. Um, We've seen it before in Europe. So, for example, there's uh, uh, another virus that's uh, transmitted by mosquitoes. It's got a funny name. It's called chikungunya virus. But, for example, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, there was circulation of this chikungunya virus in in Italy, uh, and it was imported likely from Africa. And then, you know, when the winter months came around in Italy, uh, the the virus died down because you have to have high temperatures uh, to maintain it. But, uh, but you know, it, it wouldn't be the first time that something like this could happen in, in, uh, in the northern hemisphere. So certainly it's not just the United States, but also other, other countries in the northern hemisphere that, are, uh, ha- that have the summer, warmer summer months approaching are, are getting ready to see if this virus is on its way in. Uh, doctor, I, I, I want to 
There's so much to talk about with uh, mm-hmm. re- regard to this. Um, there are different types of mosquitoes, and there are different types of viruses that they spread. West Nile virus, uh, malaria, uh, Zika. Uh, it, it, can a mosquito that carries Zika carry other types of viruses like West Nile or malaria, or are these from all different types of mosquitoes? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's interesting. In our field, we have to know not just what kind of bugs are uh, are culprits in transmitting certain infections, but where these bugs exist, what how these bugs behave as well. I mean, some bugs like to hang out in urban areas near people and homes. Some bugs and mosquitoes are are, are rural uh, and and primarily bite non humans over humans. So it's 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 uh, it's pretty interesting. And for example, the mosquitoes. There's a particular type of mosquito that transmits uh, Zika virus that carries the Zika virus. And this is, uh, these are called Aedes species of mosquitoes, A-E-D-E-S, Aedes species of mosquitoes. Um, and, uh, and, you know, these, these mosquitoes, uh, can also transmit other, other infections as well, such as, uh, dengue fever, uh, or chikungunya fever, or chikungunya virus. So, so these mosquitoes are, are, are capable of transmitting lots of different types of infections. And these mosquitoes are particularly active in the day. And, and actually, in particular, at the at, in dawn and dusk. So you know these are important times to cover up. Wear long pants, long sleeve shirts. Put on mosquito spray if you're in a Zika virus affected area, because you really want to avoid getting bit by these bugs. And I think you raise a really good point. Yeah, we're in the midst of a Zika virus outbreak now in in the Americas. Yeah, that that's happening. But just taking a step back and, and looking at this from the thirty thousand foot view. There's a lot of uh, uh, infections that are transmitted by bugs and even other infections that you can get when you're traveling to tropical destinations. And Zika virus is just one of many. So, for example, if someone is uh, considering traveling to you know, a tropical country, you know, even if they have Zika virus or not in that country, it's always a really good idea to go to a travel medicine specialist to get advice on what preventions you can take to so you can stay healthy on your trip. And that might mean, uh, for example, some of these places, there's uh, malaria circulating. You know, people can get very, very sick from malaria, and this is completely preventable with, uh, with tablets. Um, there are other infections that you mentioned, you know, dengue fever, chikungunya fever. These are very preventable infections if you know how to avoid getting bug bites at what time, what times of day to cover up to really avoid getting uh, bit. And then there's other things that are not uh, bug bite related that travelers are at risk for if they're, if they're headed to tropical areas or areas where they might not have, that might not have the same sanitation and hygiene that we're, we're used to back home. Things like typhoid or diarrheal illnesses. And there's, there's certain things and vaccinations that people can get. Uh, and, and really, the goal is if you're on a trip to visit family or friends or on a business trip or just on a, a trip to have a, have a wonderful vacation, this is, uh, you know, these are wonderful times, and it, it, you really should do what you can to s- as healthy as possible on those trips. So it, it's worth uh, it's worth a trip to the physician uh, before you go, just to make sure you get the right advice, get the right vaccinations, and get the right uh, tablets before you go, so you can ensure that you have a healthy and safe trip. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the doctor talking more about the Zika virus. If you have questions or comments for our guests, pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That is the number. 
Back with Dr. Isaac Bogosh, Tropical Infectious Disease Specialist at the Toronto General Hospital University Health Network. Dr. Bogosh, thank you for holding and welcome back. Let's take some calls with questions. Joe in Albuquerque joins us listening on KABQ. Um, Joe, I know you had a question uh, for Dr. Bogosh. Uh, Go ahead. Yes, um, I had heard about a um, mosquito that was genetically developed in England by a company in England and that uh, it's been used and proven in Brazil to attack the particular uh, mosquito that carries this virus. But it's tied up um, in the United States because it came under the Food and Drug Administration instead of, and I apologize, I know the other agency that deals with agriculture where they use um, different types of plants to attack bugs and other insects. Um, Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And in fact, uh, there's uh, been a bit of research on this area looking at uh, um, altering mosquitoes so that they're less efficient at transmitting infectious diseases. Uh, and what they do is they can actually put something into the mosquito. It's like a, uh, the best way I can describe it is it's a, it's a primitive uh, form of a bacteria, for lack of a better way to describe it. It's got a funny name. It's called a Wolbachia. And what happens is if they alter mosquitoes with this Wolbachia, you can uh, uh, basically reduce that mosquito's ability to transmit uh, certain infections. Now, there's been more work on this uh, in the dengue world, and uh, some of them have been released, I believe, in Brazil and in parts of Southeast Asia. I have to check just to make sure, but I believe that's where they've been released. And there's some decent evidence suggesting that these mosquitoes actually work and, and there's less transmission of, uh, of, uh, of infections with, uh, uh, with that. Now, I know that there is some work on Zika virus, but, of course, it is uh, very early on uh, uh, in this epidemic, even though it seems like we've known about this since uh, late 2005. Remember, the research uh, often takes a long time to do, and everyone's on high gear. We know there's a urgent, uh, urgent push to do this because there's so many people at risk, uh, but it's also important on the flip side of the coin to do it very uh, carefully so that if any suggestions are made or if anything's a place in the policy we're making the appropriate policy changes and, and, and making the correct suggestions. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting and promising mode of uh, controlling mosquito transmitted infections. All right. Thank you. I, I think that would answer uh, the caller's question. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, we had a question. We were talking before you sure. came on, Doctor, um, about uh, – we, we were talking about um, – oh, where where is it, guys? Uh, it, it completely – about yeah, but uh, I, I don't know why it's completely gone from my page here. Oh, no, here it is. Um, yeah, we were talking about – um, if there are any mosquito repellents that are safe for pregnant women to use, um, my, uh, one of my producers, my executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, was helping a friend of his do research whose wife is pregnant, and the guides were online saying that products that contain DEET, 20 to 30% concentration, and uh, picaridin uh, are 20% uh, percent concentration were safe and effective. Um, but I was told to stay away from DEET and things like that when I was pregnant. What, what is the verdict on that, doctor? Well, 
Well, I mean, there are very good guidelines. I'm, I'm calling in from Canada, so I, I'm going by the uh, Canadian Public Health Agency here, but I know the CDC also has a, a very good uh, uh, page available on how to prevent uh, uh, mosquito bites, and certainly there are clear guidelines that show what concentrations of DEET and Picardin are safe uh, in pregnancy. And, uh, and, you know, we do recommend uh, that pregnant women in Zika virus-affected areas avoid uh, getting bit by mosquitoes. That's, a, that's extremely important because we do know that uh, Zika virus uh, in pregnancy can have, uh, it has the potential for pretty catastrophic uh, complications on the developing fetus. Uh, so, uh, you know, for, in terms of uh, avoiding mosquito bites, number one, obviously, don't get bit. So that means long sleeve shirts, long pants, and mosquito repellent. And uh, deep containing mosquito repellents indeed are safe. Uh, and uh, and uh, and there and this is uh, readily available on the CDC webpage. Also, if you're uh, listening outside of uh, the United States, uh, the Canadian Public Health Agency has a wonderful page as well, outlining uh, how to how to avoid this even in pregnancy. So cover up, cover up now. Currently, there's no circulating Zika virus in the United States. Mosquitoes aren't transmitting this infection in the United States. Sure, no one wants to get bit by mosquitoes, but uh, people aren't going to get get uh, Zika from mosquito bites in the United States uh, as of you know June second, two thousand and sixteen. Uh, there might be some cases uh, this summer. No one's sure if it's going to happen or not. There's certainly the potential. There's certainly the suitability of the, the climate and the right mosquitoes. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means that there's the potential for this to happen. Uh, but uh, but people who are traveling to Zika virus affected areas. Uh, uh, who are pregnant, who have to travel, uh, for whatever reason, they should they should definitely cover up and they can use the appropriate mosquito repellents to avoid getting bit. Now, uh, you had mentioned, and I think we had talked about before in the past, that uh, the Zika virus was first discovered in the uh, Zika forest, since its name, in Uganda in 1947. It's common in Africa, common in Asia. It didn't begin spreading widely into the Western Hemisphere, hemisphere until last May. That's when an outbreak occurred in Brazil. So a few things. One, um... Why it, Why are we concerned about it now in 2016? And we really, most of us, except people in your field, haven't heard about it when it's been around since 1947, A. And B, how does, um, what, how, how, do, uh, okay, we only have a minute, so why don't you answer that oh, one quick, Doc? <laughs> sure. So, you know, why this, why now, you know? So, yeah, we thought this was just an infection in parts of Africa and parts of Asia. And, you know, before this, there wasn't a ton of research on this. We didn't really know much about it until it landed in in Brazil, and uh, we, no one knew about the, the fetal complications. No one knew about the possible for neurologic complications uh, until we started seeing this, as it as it affected a large, large number of people. Uh, and you know, it's quite frankly the areas that it was affecting are, are low-income countries, and they just don't have the public health infrastructure to do the surveillance that we have in in parts of the Americas. All right, so, thank you, thank you, Doctor. We are no out of time, problem. but we will have you back on. You're our go-to tropical infectious right. disease guy. All right, Take care. Doctor well. Isaac Bogos, tropical infectious disease specialist at the Toronto General Hospital University Health Network. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Mark and Andrew.